again to the Perimeter Church podcast. Research shows that thankfulness improves our overall physical and mental health, increases resilience to trauma, and makes us more productive. But less than half of us express gratitude on a regular basis. Lead teacher Jeff Norris finishes the series Rooted, a Lifestyle of Radical Dependence, with this sermon entitled Rooted in Thanksgiving, which focuses on Psalm 107. For more information and to watch or hear other messages, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. And so this morning, we're going to wrap the series up. Uh, with being rooted in Thanksgiving. And I don't realize that we're uh, a couple of weeks away from actual Thanksgiving. I'm not talking about being rooted in, in an American holiday of Thanksgiving, but every day as followers of Jesus, something that permeates our life is that we are a people of Thanksgiving. And that can be an, a really difficult thing. One of, one of the reasons that can be difficult is because we don't often view a lack of thanksgiving is necessarily something sinful. Uh, there's a great book that, uh, that I would encourage you to grab at some point and, uh, and read. It's by Jerry Bridges. It's called Respectable Sins. And he walks through the many uh, sins, and they are sins according to Scripture, that we have kind of allowed to be respectable in our culture, even in our Christian culture. And one of the ones that he talks about is ungratefulness or thanklessness and how we can often look past that as, well, that's really not that big of a deal. Uh, and we don't even realize how ungrateful we can be as a people. One of my favorite, you're, at first you may be thinking like, where is he going with this? But one of my favorite comedy albums of all time uh, was Jeff Foxworthy's first album. Came out in 1993, I was in ninth grade trying to make myself feel young up here. Um, and I remember listening to it. You might be a redneck if. And one of the, my favorite jokes in, in his whole little routine that kind of put him on the map, uh, born and raised here in Atlanta, what put him on the map even globally was this album. And one of the jokes was this. He said he was talking about how hard it is to be single and how one of the struggles of being single is being poor. You don't have anything. And he said there was a guy that came, a collections guy that came uh, to collect from him because he had not made a payment on his car for over a year. And he, came, he comes, he says, you owe $500, which tells you that this was the 1970s because you'd be owing a lot more than $500 these days. And Foxworthy says, I don't, I don't have that money. And the guy says, you can't write me a check. And he says, well, yeah, I can write you a check. I thought you wanted money. <laughs> And how, in the same way, here's the parallel. This has nothing to do with Pledge Sunday. I'm not, that's, don't think money on that front. <laughs> the parallel is this. In the same way that Foxworthy could be so tempted to believe, check, a check is not really money. I can write you a check. In fact, I'll pay the whole thing off. <laughs> we can be so tempted into believing that something is seemingly harmless is not giving thanks. That's not really sinful. It's not really that big a deal. But it is, according to the scriptures, it's a huge deal. Look at Romans 121. It's actually one of the key markers of godlessness. Look what it says. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. 
You see that? But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is in the context of Romans chapter one where the apostle Paul is laying out, this is why people don't uh, pursue God. It's because, and he says that they've suppressed the truth of God and exchanged it for a lie. And part of that suppressing and exchanging pattern among people, among all uh, human beings that have ever walked the face of the earth, this is what we do. We suppress the the truth of God, exchange it for a lie. And what is one of the key outworkings of, of those who have done that? It's that they don't honor God nor give thanks to him. They don't acknowledge him, nor do they ever say thank you, God, for what you have done, for who you are, for even creating me, for even giving me breath this morning, that every millisecond of my life is a demonstration of your mercy. Oh God, thank you. We don't do that. And the only way that we do begin to do that is by the Spirit of God who changes us as we believe upon Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. He begins to give us, as he transforms us from the inside out, a spirit, a heart of thanksgiving. Look at what Paul says in some of his other writings. He says this in Colossians 3, 15 through 17. He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Here it is, with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here we go, third time in three verses. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. He says it again in Ephesians 5.20. He says, giving thanks always and for everything. Okay, things just got real. Always and for everything? To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then again, 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. We've talked about that earlier in the series. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then, to wrap it all up, why do we do this? Why are we a people who give thanks in all circumstances? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thanklessness, ungratefulness, is one of the key markers of someone who is far from the heart of God. Thankfulness, is one of the key markers of someone who is near to the heart of God, filled with his spirit. But let me, let me just enter into the, the reality of what you may be feeling right now because I feel it. Really, Paul? Really? All circumstances? Did, do you really mean, surely you don't really mean give thanks always and for everything. Surely there's something, that, really? It's hard. We, every Tuesday, as a staff, we take your prayer requests. And I want you to know how seriously we take these. Anything that you write on that little insert in your bulletin, where you have a space there to write prayer requests, we see those. 
We don't just see them, we pray for every single one of them every Tuesday during staff prayer. And every Tuesday, let me tell you, it's heavy. It's really heavy and it's really hard because I see and our staff sees all that you are walking through. The pain, the heartache, the struggle, the lack of finances, the hard diagnoses, the strained relationships, the divorces, the wayward children, the lack of hope, the fear, the death, the grieving. We see it and we pray for it. Are we to overlay all of those things with Colossians 3, 15 through 17 and Ephesians 5, 20 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 18? Are we, to, are we to say, God, thank you always and for everything and in all circumstances? Surely this is not what Paul meant. Or maybe he did. You heard Caleb pray earlier for the Stevens family and um, this has been a hard weekend for me. And it's not about me, it's about a lot of people. But I had grown very close to Kurt, 43 years old, left behind Friday night a wife and three boys. And I'll tell you, I have never seen a man personally who walked through deep suffering at the hands of cancer with more thanksgiving. He thanked God often that God, he knew, he was convinced, he was absolutely sure that God was remaining to be good in all things and that he was at work in the midst of suffering and pain in ways that we could never see. And that brother gave thanks over and over and over again in all circumstances. And that is not anything that he could ever muster up in his own power. That is the spirit of God living through him. And he is more alive this moment than you and I could ever imagine. And I guarantee you, without any doubt, he is giving thanks right now. He came to me recently and he said, uh, he asked me a question. He said, how come, um, how come you never hear a series on heaven? He said, you ever preach a series on heaven? I said, no, I haven't. He said, you're the fourth pastor friend of mine that I've asked, have you ever preached a series on heaven? And all of you said, no. He said, we believe we're going to heaven, right? When we believe that the Bible talks about heaven, right? And he said, and I know that's where I'm going because of the finished work of Jesus. Uh, do you think we should talk about it more? And I said, absolutely. And so just so you know, in March, we're doing a series on heaven. <laughs> this brother taught me a lot about what it looks like to give thanks in all circumstances. And to die well with a heart of thanksgiving. Only the Spirit of God could do that. Because here's the reality. How do, 
How do we do it? We can't. You and I will never be a people who give thanks in all circumstances. We will never be a people who give thanks always and for everything if it's not in a place, if we are not posturing ourselves in a place of radical dependence upon the Lord to fill us with his spirit and to do in us and through us what only he can do. We won't do it. We will think of all the ways to be bitter. We will think of all the ways to be frustrated. We will think of all the ways to shake our fist at God rather than be thankful. It is a natural human thing to be thankful for the good things. It is a spirit of God thing to be thankful for all things. And if you are a follower of Jesus, one of the evidences of the spirit of God doing his work in you and me is that we are thankful in all circumstances. Now, where is that rooted? Yes, it's rooted in the spirit of God within us, but I wanna just be specific here. Where this is rooted, where we see this, where we develop a heart of thanksgiving in all circumstances is we see it. We see it over and over and over and over again in the scriptures as demonstrated through the love of God in his character and in his gospel. The steadfast love of God and who he is, what defines him and how he has faithfully poured out his love on his people. And so I want to take you back to where we started this service. We started this service by reading together, Caleb reading over us Psalm 107, parts of Psalm 107. And Psalm 107 starts like this. I want, just, I want us to enter into the character and to the love of God. Listen to what it says. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. This is verse one. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And then starting in verse four, the psalmist goes into all the ways that God, that he has seen God redeem his people, that has spurred him, that has motivated him, that has compelled him to say, people, we got to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And yes, our circumstances on this side of heaven may be incredibly painful and hard, but let's remember the character of God and let's remember what he has done for us. And as the Psalm ends here in a moment, where he is taking us. What will be the finished hope for those who know their God? So in verse four, let me give you four things real quickly um, that God has delivered us from. And you're going to see it in the text. And then you're going to see it even more fully through the work of Jesus, because this is pre-Jesus. This is God's followers before the Messiah had come. And these things were true of God even then, but they didn't know Jesus. They didn't know the cross. They didn't know the sacrifice of God himself on the cross for his people. They didn't know the forgiveness of sins that we know now. They were looking forward to a day that, had, that would come. We get the incredible privilege of looking back to the one who has come that all of this that I'm about to read to you in Psalm 107 was not something that was true just for the Israelites, but that is more true for those who are in Christ. 
So look what it says, verse 4. It says, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So the first thing we see in this psalm, the first thing that we see about the character of God is that he delivers the wanderer. And this is true of you, some of you even in the room. This is true of me. We, we, we think back and we think, man, that, that's, that's me. I was wandering in desert waste. I was finding nowhere to dwell in. I, I was hungry and I was thirsty spiritually, maybe even physically. My soul fainted within me. And it was only in God through Jesus that I began to find a satisfaction for my longing soul. And I have, can say that regardless of my circumstances, I can say thank you, oh God, because I was a wanderer and you brought me home. Look at verse 10. Psalm sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord their, uh, in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works Till the, uh, to the children of men, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Another thing that we see in the character of God is expressed through his gospel, his good news of Jesus, is that he delivers the afflicted. Some of you have a story where you say, man, there was affliction so deep in my life. I was addicted to this and this and this, and there was great chains upon me. And this is all of our stories to a certain extent. And God in his grace and in his mercy, he delivered me from affliction. And as the scripture said, he burst my bonds apart and he cut into the bars of iron, the prison that I was in spiritually. And so we give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love, the wondrous works to the children of men. 17, verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Here we go, the same pattern. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered from them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. And let them offer sacrifices of what? Of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. God delivers the foolish. We think back on our lives. We even consider our lives now. And we think, how foolish can I be? And God is the one. He's not just the one. He is the only one who delivers the fool from their foolishness. 
verse 23. Some went down in the, to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They were terrified at the power of God. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. And he made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. So what do we do? Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. That's part of what corporate worship is for us, is that we're gathering each week and we're saying, this is what the Lord has done for me. The last thing that, that, he's, that we see here is that he, he delivers the fearful. And so we all together, thinking back on our lives or even our lives right now, maybe you're in a place where you say every single one of those things is true of me. I'm a wanderer, I'm afflicted, I'm foolish, and I'm, a, and I'm fearful. And those of us who are in Christ, we can look back and we can say, yes, all of those things were true of me, but God, but God intervenes with his grace and his mercy. God intervenes as the rescuer, as the deliverer. God is the one who answers the distressed soul. And he may not change all my circumstances, but he will certainly change my heart. And he will take the wandering soul and he will take the afflicted soul and he will take the foolish heart and mind and he will take the fearful. And he will begin to renew a work in us that gives us the power and the strength and the perspective and the faith to endure and not just endure this life as broken and as fragile as it is on this side of heaven. And he will give us the power to say thank you in all circumstances because I know who my God is. He's a deliverer and he is good. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love. He has poured out a love on me that I cannot explain with anything in this world. He has poured out a love on me that I cannot make sense of because I don't deserve it. He has poured out a love on me that I want to tell everyone about. And you may look at my life and you may see me dying of cancer, but I am going to espouse the Lord, extol him in the sanctuary, give thanks to him in the congregation and before the elders because he is is good, not because of my circumstances, but because of his character. And I will give thanks to him in all circumstances and at all times for everything and always. To give thanks for the good thing is a common human thing. To give thanks in all things is a spirit of God thing. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to give thanks to the Lord. 
And you know what, what some pretty incredible news is? We read it at the beginning of the service. Did you catch it? Verse 35. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. Do you know how the Bible ends in Revelation? Do you know what the very last chapter tells us? That the, for those who are in Christ, we will live in a new city, a new Jerusalem, where this is true in ways that we can only imagine. We can spend all of our days trying to imagine it, and we will never, ever come close to the reality of what it's going to be in all of its splendor and its majesty. We will indeed be in a place where deserts have been turned into pools of water and parched land into springs of water, and we will not be hungry anymore, and we will be filled to the fullness of God. It's called the new heavens and the new earth. And it's only through the finished work of Jesus. The one who took God's wrath in our place, the one who rose and defeated the very penalty of sin, death in our place. And so we fix our eyes on him, his character, his goodness, and the hope that is to come. And we give thanks. I'll close with this quote. I love this quote from Alan Noble. He says this, if you struggle to believe, begin by thanking Christ for his love for you. Gratitude has a profound way of realigning our desires. It really does. Let me pray. Father, would you make us a people with changed hearts through your Holy Spirit within us who are a grateful people. And as people of gratitude, would you indeed profoundly realign our desires? And Father, we want to give thanks for who you are, your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness, that you are indeed our deliverer as we wander, as we are afflicted, as we are foolish, and as we are fearful. You are our deliverer through Jesus, and so we give you thanks. Father, this time we're about to enter into, we give it to you. And we thank you that you are a God who provides in every way for your church and for your people. So these next few minutes together, as you have blessed the, the reading and the teaching of your word, would you, would you bless this, these moments together as we pledge together where what we want to give to you as you expand your kingdom through us in the years to come. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. 
Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day. Thank you.